This is the Ever on Planet podcast where we are learning in order to be better and teach better. I am Joel Amadon and welcome to the show. What we do here on the Amadon Planet podcast is to pull out ideas from books, interviews, other podcasts, basically any content that is out there and consider how to apply those ideas to being better and teaching better. Ultimately, the goal is to lead people to love others through learning and teaching. So far, the content for this show has been generated through books that I've read. But for the first time on the Amazon Planet podcast, we have an interview, or rather a conversation. So recently, I was able to talk to Dr. Gary Williams, who is Vice President and Director of Athletics and Recreation at Wittenberg University. He is also an expert in leadership. That's what he got his PhD in. And more importantly, he is one of my best friends for the past 20 years. Recent events in our lives inspired this conversation you're about to hear on mentorship, which we'll explain toward the beginning of the conversation. Our plan is that this is one of many conversations around the theme of leadership that we intend to have in the coming months that will be featured on the podcast. What I like about this conversation is how Gary gets a chance to share the depth of his knowledge on this topic of mentorship while keeping it relatable by using the story of Star Wars to illustrate his points. So I I really enjoyed that, uh, talking about Yoda. And you're gonna hear a Yoda impersonation that I'm not very proud of, but anyway, it's in there. It is just beautiful and illustrates Gary's abilities as a teacher and makes me reminisce about our time together teaching leadership school at Badger Boy State. Again, we'll talk about what Badger Boy State is in the conversation. Now, I want to honor your time, so let's dive into my conversation with Dr. Gary Williams. Oh, quickly, before I do, uh, the audio at times gets a bit spotty, but it comes back right away, and I don't believe it interferes with the points Gary is trying to make. Uh, If it does, don't be afraid to ask a question via the Facebook page. Anyway, enjoy. All right, so I'm just really excited. This is my first interview here on the Abaddon Planet podcast, and it wasn't from my asking, but more from a conversation with my good friend, Dr. Gary Williams uh, at Wittenberg University. I'll let him share his title in just a second, but for from my perspective, Gary has been a friend for over 20 years, um, just has been someone that I've always been able to connect with, specifically around the topic of leadership, which we're gonna get into in a second, but first, I'd just like to say hi to my friend Gary. Gary, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Joel. Thanks so much. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I actually hope that this conversation is the beginning of a few others uh, because I really admire, um, I've always admired the work that you're, that you do um, around your research topic. And more importantly, I feel like uh, if we combine some forces and get our message out, I think we can make some really positive impacts on the people that we, uh, we, we run across. And so I'm excited about today's conversation and hopefully this will be the beginning of multiple conversations that we have over the course of the next couple uh, months. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I just, I was really excited that you had this idea and fits right into what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, trying the goal of the podcast is to lead people to love others through learning and teaching. And I think this is a, a great conversation or a great conversation for us to have around mentorship to start with and see where other the conversations we have, but just to think like, you know, that leadership piece of leading people to love others is, is, you know, something that I would not have put into that statement without you and what you have done. So again, yeah, very excited. So let's, let's let you kick this off here. Um, 
can you just share a little bit of your story uh, for those that are listening and how we got to right now? Yeah, sure. So uh, I originally grew up in a in a suburb of Milwaukee, South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, it was in my junior year of high school I got introduced to a program called Badger Boys State. Uh, the Boys State program uh, has it runs in almost all states except for I think two of them. One of which is Hawaii, which I still think Joel would be a great thing for oh, us to we to could pilot. start that up. Oh yeah. Uh, and start out there. Aloha State, yes. Aloha State, boy. Uh, well, the Boy State program is a really inspirational week in, um, in in which we teach both the governmental process of leadership, but also this notion of the self-exploration that's necessary as a leader. And so I was influenced by it immediately and got hooked into it. And then you know, began in 1993. Then, um, as I was graduating from high school and starting college, uh, realized that um, you had an opportunity to be a counselor on staff. And now, 28 years later, um, wow. uh, we we have gone through um, many different iterations of different people uh, at Boys State, um, and different things have happened in both of our lives. But we met almost 20 years ago, and. And what's crazy to think about is that this program uh, brought us together in, w- in a way that we never thought possible. In fact, it was over cards, playing cards, if you remember playing <laughs> yes. Euchre. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, there were some battles uh, uh, that we had uh, <laughs> late at night. Uh, but it yeah. was through that those experiences that then helped me shape the rest of my career. I went on to uh, Carthage College in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I was a, a football player, a fraternity professor. Uh, member, I was involved in admissions work. I, I think I, I was a, a assistant hall director. Uh, I did so many different things, and while at the same time pursuing chemistry, which is really <laughs> ironic because I I am certain that at the time, um, if I really had had a more in depth conversation about what my skills and abilities really were. I don't know if I would have really chosen that, but it was the path that I chose and it helped forge the rest of my life because it, in, in essence, gave me some really critical, gave me some great critical thinking skills, some research background, an ability to make sure that I was seeing uh, truth in things. But there was always this tug and Boy State and being an assistant hall director and being on the football team just kept tugging me. And so I ended up uh, going into a profession of being an athletic coach and a hall director at a college and ended up working in academic advising. And then the next thing you know, you know, some 20 years later, I applied to be uh, a college athletic director and arrive here in Ohio, moving my family here. And I've been for the last year a vice president and director of athletics at Wittenberg University here in Springfield, Ohio, and uh, and yet, all the while, uh, parallel to this, will be serving my 28th year as a counselor at Badger Boys, and uh, and I think about all that encompasses what it means to be a mentor and a leader. And if it wasn't for the influence of great mentors, I don't think I would be where I am today, professionally or personally. And then in turn, 
the gift of mentorship is something that I've been able to provide many different people, some successfully and some, as we'll talk about, maybe not so successfully. And uh, uh, and I think this topic is really important and really resonates with – should resonate with anyone who is really trying to find their place in the world. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I, I guess that, that leads perfectly into the first question that I really wanted to get at in this conversation is, I mean, again, like I said before, you you had this idea to have these conversations about mentorship and leadership and like um, leadership development. And what what led you to want to do this, to have this talk, to have these conversations? You know, so, uh, yeah, uh, so... Uh, you and I experienced a couple losses over the last year of mentors in our lives uh, through the Boy State program. Um, Fred Burns, who was a director of Badger Boy State, Bob Kesmerick, who was a longstanding leader within the organization. Uh, these men served as as role models, as mentors, as guides for both of us. And in the last year, we lost both of them to cancer. And I just I was really struck. Um, by at least this most recent passing of Bob, that you know this, they they say that life is short, right? And you really don't realize it until you really realize that at 45 years old now, I'm halfway to what I hope is the rest of the rest of my life. <laughs> but actually, 15 years away from where Bob lost his life, and. I wonder to myself and consistently wonder, like, what is the deeper meaning behind what we do every day? And how will we carry on their legacy of being great mentors and guides unless we initiate that and make sure that we are perpetuating that? And so so I really felt like it was important to honor both of them in a way to talk about the gift that mentorship provided us. But also to talk a little bit about, you know, how how important it is in people's lives and what are some things that they can do to either enhance the relationship or to make certain that they are getting the most out of what it means to be in a mentoring relationship. Well, I guess what the how, I mean, you know, given your passion for this and your and we should also say that you also got your Ph.D. in uh, leadership and so, you know, you have a, an eye for this, not only in experiencing it, but also in studying it and, and also, you know, doing it within your job. What did you see with both Bob and Fred, like the, the qualities of a mentorship? And, and this is kind of going into a little bit of the questions later, but what, because I think that with Bob and Fred, they both were very different people. Um, yeah. And I mean, and experienced how they worked with uh, individuals very differently. So what were the things that maybe you saw that were commonalities or versus the differences in how they mentored people? So I guess maybe the first thing before I kind of get to the heart of that question, I do, I think it's important for us to just take a pause and just ask ourselves like, what is mentoring or what is mentorship? And so having a mentor is really about having a trusted counselor or a guide. Um, actually the roots of mentorship start in, in the Odyssey, believe it or not, um, there was a character named, actually named Mentor, um, who instructed Odysseus's son Telemachus 
to stand up against enemies and search for knowledge. And that is the roots of where this idea and concept of reaching to someone to be to for guidance and support was necessary for the person to not only see what's possible but to listen to the voice inside of them and have someone outwardly give that voice back to them and encourage them to do what's right and so one of the things about being in in all the definitions about mentorship or being a good mentor one of the things that's really striking is that uh very often part of the the very definition of being a mentor is someone who offers assistance with life experiences out of the goodness of their heart so they're not looking for a transactional experience it it starts transactionally usually the mentor the mentee wants something out of the mentor and so they're they're taking and pulling from the savings account so to speak of these these life lessons and the mentor who has this bank of knowledge, in essence, is giving them advice and feedback and, and, and pieces of who they are uh, to, them, to the mentee. But, it, but this transaction then becomes transformational over time. And so when I think about Bob and I think about um, Fred, they both, you're right, approached things very differently. And for me, in my life, they they meant different things. And so um, one of the things I I know we're going to talk about, but I'll probably get to it right now, which is if, if anyone has ever seen Star Wars, you'll see this amazing relationship of um, and concept. That's Joseph Campbell, Hero with a Thousand Faces, wrote this about the experience of a hero and this concept called the hero's journey. You see it in the Matrix, you see it in the Hunger Games, you see it in the Wizard of Oz, and you see it in Star Wars, this journey that Luke Skywalker goes on. If you think about the, this is episode, what is it, four, five, and six, so not quite the the early ones. But if you think about those episodes, in each episode, Luke has a different style of mentor that arrives. The very first mentor in the first story was Obi-Wan Kenobi, who provided this sense of guidance and this sense of awe. Like, it was like, oh, this is Obi-Wan. Like, you're Obi-Wan. and Like, possibility, right? I can go from farmer to being a Jedi? Whoa. Like, wow. Exactly. And so Obi-Wan was, like, up on this pedestal. And a lot of us have these people in our lives who we first get interacted with, and they are up on a pedestal. It's because we're... We're literally small people. We're youths. We're we're in grade school and in middle school or in high school, and we see these coaches and these guys, and they seem larger than life because we don't actually ever see the real person inside of them. We actually just see this persona. And so, just like for you and me, you know, a lot of these men and women entered our lives and provided this sense of direction. Well, in in the next episode, uh, and and. Very much so, Joel. Bob was this kind of person. He was kind of like a, he was literally a larger than life figure who mm-hmm. was able to, we were able to see and connect with. The irony is that Fred came into our lives around the same time, but he provided what Yoda provided Luke in the second movie, which was this antagonistic mentor. <laughs> it's almost like, uh, you know, the one that's needling. And if you watch the sh- if you watch the episode, 
Yoda is constantly jabbing at Luke and trying to push him and try to get under his skin while he's trying to train him. In fact, he uses sarcasm, he uses jokes, he uses all kinds of things. But then he 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 warns Luke, like, you're not ready. And Luke's like, I am ready, I am ready. And he's like, no, you're not, but you can go do what you want to do, but you're not ready. And a lot of us have had these, what I call... Um, uh, I think I don't know. It's not antagonistic leadership. It's 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 more just um, it, it's it's a leadership that provides us this dissonance within us. Leaders that are able to call our bluff on things. So the next set of mentors that arrived in our lives for you and me and many others is more of an antagonistic mm-hmm. mentor because they grade on us. We think we're better than them. We think we're smarter than them. We think that we know better. but they And they're poking at us because what they're trying to prepare us for is Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're trying to prepare us for that third person that arrives in our life, which is this real challenging figure. Right. And those first two mentors, the ones that are up on a pedestal that provide us wisdom and guidance, and then the antagonistic one, those two different types of people are just so critical in our lives. And we have to understand that they're using different styles, but they're both preparing us to face our greatest fears. And Joseph Campbell always talks about, you know, in the hero's journey, the, the, uh, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And so many of these mentors, Joel, in our lives have prepared us for the life lessons and difficulties we face as a parent, as a husband, as a partner, as a, as, as a co-worker. Um, and, and if I think about you know, those two characters of Obi-Wan and Yoda, I know that for me, I have played those roles in different people's lives and have created different mentoring experiences to hopefully prepare them to face their greatest fear, which is this this idea and notion of Darth Vader, which could be, you know, the greatest fear could be, you know, stepping out and, and really picking a life passion, uh, finding the right partner to live with, deciding what their trajectory is going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that got me to thinking about... Um both those different types of mentors and you think about in let's go in the story of uh of star wars go back to there both of those mentors like so obi-wan was old ben right and so like you know luke was like old ben right For, at first right and like he was a, yeah. and then yoda was the crazy creature walking around like i'm looking for this grand master and like you know and he's going you know yeah. all over the place tossing stuff around and he wasn't expecting just in, you know, it's probably putting thoughts into Luke Skywalker's head, but I would say he's not, he wasn't expecting to get that kind of relationship and guidance and teaching from those people initially. And then it was revealed. And then it's like, and how do we respond it? And then now I'm going to seek out this teaching. I am going to listen to this person. I am going to, they do have possibilities for me that are beyond my own expectations for myself. Right. Yeah. And having that, that, especially that second kind that we're talking about with Fred and maybe the antagonistic or the grading one, it's in hindsight that you value that 
that oh, type yeah. of mentor more and more. You're like, gosh, when he was trying to just driving me crazy, or I can think <laughs> of a, a supervisor that I had that everyone kind of feared, but you know what? She made me a better teacher because she was asking me why and making me uh, think about why I was doing certain things in the classroom and making sure it wasn't just something that was cute, but something that was thought out, right? And some, you know, oh, yeah. you're, you're doing this just to be liked by your students. Like, no, there is a, there's a specific intention behind these moves so that I'm doing it because I know she's going to ask me about it. Like if I don't have these intentions to go and create better learning or better relationships or whatnot, it's going to, um, uh, someone's going to call me on it later if I don't yeah. have those now. And, and she did it in a safe place, right? This place of either we're talking about Badger Boy State or we're talking about in a student teaching relationship where the stakes are a little bit lower to prepare you for Darth Vader. So Yes. And the, and the idea and notion of Darth Vader represents this this power and authority in our lives, right? And so, and it, it's almost the transactional, um, external motive. And on and Yoda represent these humble characters that really reside behind the scenes that aren't the coolest cats in the in the in the in the t in town right they're not the cool guys because it's the crazy ben and the crazy you know even obi-wan and you know has or luke you know talked to his uncle and he's like oh that crazy man he lives out there you know so so many great leaders are considered that like they're not cool the powerful ones the ones who use power and authority that people are in awe of are really can really be very unproductive leaders and we've seen them throughout all of society from the adolf hitlers to the mussolinis to um to to the osama bin ladens i mean all of those characters they still are providing ironically leadership and mentoring but they're choosing unproductive paths because to them power and authority and and accomplishing and getting self-worth whether it's self-worth or or actual financial worth is way more important than the altruism of the force, than the altruism of the good of like the Obi Wan's and the Yodas, and so. But it's the iron. The irony of the story is that in the end, remember Darth Vader started as Anakin. He started good, and in the end, he became good because he finally saw the light, and in, in his ways. And so, this is where for me. I always have to take a pause and remember that every single one of those unproductive, sometimes negative leaders started once as a really innocent person, mm -hmm. but got derailed at some point, whether it was by ego or motivate or being motivated by um, extrinsic um, things. They all started innocently and then they lost their way and this is why people like you and me cannot stop reaching out to other people because the more obi-wans and yodas that are out there we have a chance to also influence all of the emperors and the darth vaders who are also trying to gather people around them to have them drink their kool-aid <laughs> of you're smarter, you're you're better than everybody else versus that more humble, altruistic, loving leader that does not care, that like Obi-Wan wears very humble clothes and like Yoda just stays in a little hut and, you know, and 
we aren't the cool ones. I mean, you and I are not the cool cats. Like Wait. we're just not. We what? never have, never will be. Sorry, I hate to break the news uh, to you. Like, gosh. and and uh, but yet in the same token, like we can't. We have provided so many people this idea and notion of what it really means to lead, to love, to care, and to for good or for bad. Both you and I have experienced Luke Skywalkers who grow and prosper, and we've also experienced Darth Vaders who took our took advantage of our teachings, took advantage of our relationships, and then spun it into a negative direction. And yet, in the end, you know, you and I have to keep trying to figure out like how much do we keep extending ourselves to? Yeah, because there is a, a growth point for us where. You know, we needed mentors, and now we become the mentors. And how many – it's hard because, you know, we're remembering back to the definition. You know, it's out of the goodness of our hearts we're doing this. But when your hearts are broken, when your hearts are frustrated, when your hearts are let down, um, and you invest so personally into the lives of other people, um, it can drain on a mentor. And sometimes – and I know for me recently, I've had to really pull back. Because I've had a couple strained mentoring relationships that didn't go in the directions that were healthy for probably for them and for, I know for me because I took it too personally or blurred those lines between being a mentor and a guide and actually being a friend, which are two separate things and need to be separated in this equation. All right. So then, what? So given so with any experience, right? When you reflect on experience, you learn from it, right? And so yep. given those experiences that you're talking about, so what, you know, what was learned, right? So even what is it, what have you learned on how to make yourself a better mentor, right? Or how maybe do you choose or select, or what do you look for in a mentee? So either one of those. So what are the qualities yeah. of a good mentor that maybe maintain that healthy relationship or, um, or thinking about what do you look for in a, in a future mentee? So I think, I think, um, I think what good mentors do is they challenge, they encourage, they provide perspective. They also do it in a way where it doesn't blur the lines between a personal connection and being a friend versus being a resource, kind of like a book on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Like, there has to be a level of separation between the personal side of this. I think a really healthy mentor can be friendly, but it's really hard to be a friend because mm -hmm. at some level, friendship gets blurred by emotions, which then get blurred by you being actually able to have a tough conversation. And when I found in the last three years, part of what I experienced in some failed mentoring relationships was a, a real blurred line, or or a line that got uh, that got crossed that uh, mixed work and mentorship, right? Where I'm a boss and mm -hmm. a mentor, because yeah. that's hard to do, and it's really difficult. Well, yeah, and it's a power relationship. That's, it's that's a power tough. relationship, yeah. right? Or the other side is, you know, the false expectations that. You know, when the mentee comes to you and is like all in on it, but then all of a sudden it gets hard because I'm an antagonistic mentor. Like I poke the bear, like I <laughs> poke at you, I grind on you, I say the things you don't want to hear. 
at first you you know there's some there's some there's a honeymoon period where it, that's not happening but when enter gets the work with T if the mentee takes everything personally then they're not then it's not going to work it's going to blow up that relationship and if a mentee is looking for a mentor to provide them uh, political or professional positioning or they tell the mentee what they want to hear um, or or probably even more importantly they don't really follow up with the mentee mm-hmm. like the that the burden falls on the mentor to constantly reach out to the mentee and there isn't a really good structure there and you know remember if a mentor is doing this out of the kindness of their heart they're not looking for something tangible in return but if they don't get any positive reinforcement from the mentee at any point in this then that relationship is going to become strained because I mean, quite frankly, anyone that does something out of the goodness of their heart still wants to be thanked and loved and told how important they are. And so, so I think that a lot of this comes down to expectations, right? On the forefront, what am I expecting out of this person? And, you know, trust is huge. And when trust is lost in this relationship, um, it is, it destroys the ability for the two to, to happen. And so... I think that, you know, for a lot of things, Joel, that the men- mentors and mentees can do f- for each other, um, it really, in the end, I think one of the most important things is it falls on the mentee squarely on the pupil, uh, the student, the Padawan. <laughs> it falls squarely on them to embrace the counsel of the mentor. If not, then then the mentee should find a different source because the mentor should not have to change for the mentee. And and yet it's critical that there be dissonance because otherwise there's no growth, right? right. There's yeah. no growth without death. And there's no growth without change or breaking. Just like muscles that we talk about in athletics, you can't get stronger unless you break it down. Oh, yeah. We talk about productive struggle in the classroom. you got to yeah. have some sort of struggle, and it's towards some sort of end. Sorry. Cut it off. No, no, you're fine. This was supposed to be a conversation, not just me talking at well, you. I like, I mean, I get, we get passionate about these things, right? And, well, I hear you talking, I see, and I can. what's great is I can see your face, and I can see... This is the kind of stuff that I soaked up at Boy State when you had leadership school and you really got going on a topic and you can see the passion behind it. And knowing that these this conversation, you know, is sparked by loss, right, of of two uh, great individuals that uh, Boy State had uh, had the honor of having them as counselors for so long and thinking about what does it mean? What does it mean for us going forward with regards to this idea of mentorship? But that point of things falling on the mentee and because what I'm seeing and maybe you would agree with this is that the time aspect the the time is 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 the most valuable thing that we have right now like the the minutes that we have and to be able to use invest those strategically and if a mentee is is not really there to to engage with whatever we're bringing or, you know, or vice versa. If, if I'm not prepared to engage in a conversation with a mentor, like a, you were a mentor for me for, you know, I'd say you're still a mentor. Um, like if I'm not ready for that and 
well, then that's an investment that's just you know just been thrown on the floor, right? You you couldn't you you're very right. Like thinking about again, let's go back to Star Wars because it's a story people can relate to. You know, think about the time and effort that Obi Wan put into Luke to. He never told Luke what to do. He never did. He but he and he introduced him to this really valuable lesson of of you know of teaching him about his life and really where he was going to go. And so here he goes, he's like, I can't, I can't leave this planet. I got to go back and deal with the harvest. And Obi-Wan knew in his heart, like, you know, you're, you can do what you want to do, but you're called here. But he never told him what to do. Luke found out for himself the hard way. And then he introduces him to this, this amazing power of the lightsaber right and he mm-hmm. teaches him and he and he talks to him and he talks him through all this and i think you know that time and effort was really valuable it's also why when obi-wan got struck down by darth vader luke cried luke was sad because he saw that investment into him the crazy part is in the next movie yoda is a pain ass and he is impatient with Yoda and he is impatient with himself and he he got a taste of what it's like to be the leader and he felt like he had enough like he's mm. ready right yeah. and i think so often in our society right now we are constantly under the pressure of having to do more with less and be more than we really are capable of being because everybody's pushing the envelope so hard Nobody has patience for anything anymore. Um, I think about some of the most difficult things I deal with is just this enormous lack of patience, of letting things play out. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't know what I wanted to – I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. But I just experienced things and let it play out. And, and I never lost my way because my mentor was never going to let me go far. Like – in the background and they were protecting me and they knew I would they knew that I was very likely um, going down a goofy road in chemistry but they never said no you know he was never like no that you just kind of keep going but but in the end you know I know that my life played out because I allowed it to be patient over these last couple of years in the position I'm in right now and it's a higher administrative position within a university I've lost that patience because part of it is the self-consumption of everyone else's lack of patience caused me to be less has caused me to be less patient, and I have had to really slow down my life and to really think about: Am I ready for these challenges? And are you ready? And nobody, you know, nobody wants to hear they're not ready. Like Luke did not want to hear from Yoda: You're not ready. You can't save your friends because you're not ready to save yourself. And what ha- what happened to Luke? He ends up getting his his hand cut off. He ends up finding this secret out about his father, and he's devastated. And his friend gets put in carbonite because he was too impatient. Mm-hmm. Lucky for Luke, his mentors never left him. And even though in the second movie or in the third movie, when Yoda passes away, remember the very next image is Obi Wan mm-hmm. coming back and saying to Luke, like, "Hey, I'm still here." And here's kind of what's going on. And Luke's saying to him, why didn't you tell me these things? And Obi-Wan's like, because you weren't ready. Right. But now you're ready. And then once he became ready, he was able to reach out to his father, right, and 
to accomplish this this goal. And the thing the mentees always forget about is embracing the mentors once they're gone. And remembering the last scene of the movie is Luke burying his father and then looking at the mentors in their spirits, in their images, and smiling at them as if to say, you know, hey, you're right. Thanks for being with me on this journey. And them smiling at Luke saying, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You 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 survived this. And so that movie, those movies play out in our lives every day, every single day. And we have to remember that it, it is a relationship. It's not a tr- transaction. But when it becomes a transaction or when it loses its boundaries, it gets destroyed really easy. Yeah, so I, that makes me think, like, who are the people in your life, in my own life, too, that I, I want... You know, I, I want them to see like, hey, this the the investment that you made in me, like it's playing out. Like you know, it's playing out. I think about Joe Dye at Janesville Parker High School, who was my you know cooperating teacher when I was student teaching. He was there uh, when I experienced nine eleven happened, and he showed me what it's like to act in crisis. He, um, um, you know the sorry when. Uh, and how do you invest in students, not for the perspective of them being a good football player or being a good student, just as people, and then they're going to perform, you know, like as in people, and so I can push them in, in the classroom or on the field, and they can see it as from a position of caring, you know, and not of, I want to get something out of you. Like, no, I want to see, I want you to do as much as you can with the gifts you've been given, right? Yeah. And so that, you know, to be able to look at, have Joe die, for example, look at where I'm at and seeing like, hey, the, the investment that you made in me, the time that you made, that you invested in me, I, I, I want you to I want you to smile and, and hopefully see yeah. that. And you just hope that everyone would have that experience, you know, that they would have that opportunity to be mentored um, by someone. Um, but see, the thing, Joel, that we count, we have to battle through is. Uh, is is the reality that that so few people are patient enough to experience the growth of a real good relationship anymore? I mean, you think about how people date now. You know, they use their phones and they go back and forth and social media, and you're hitting and liking and you're doing all these things. It's instant gratification, right? And you've got to be instantly motivated. And you know, I think about some staff members that I've I've interacted with, and when it it just when you think to yourself like you've got every tool to make this possible you are capable of doing this and more importantly you're in a position that you can excel in and boom they're gone they're they're off to the next thing they never ever land any roots and grow in, into who they are i think often that this that we are having to like really ride the wave of where society is at and trying to get people back to the basics. Uh, just even you and I talking face-to-face is is lost so mm-hmm. often. Yeah. And that's like one of the beauties of a really good mentoring relationship is just face-to-face time and just talking about life and about things. And, you know, you, like you, I had 
you know, Coach Dooms and Coach Church back in my high school that were some of the greatest uh, mentors and guides uh, for me. And they provided me um, this idea and notion of, for me, of what it really meant to be a coach who was a teacher, who loved and cared, and who wasn't looking for status or points or yards or stats. And then, and then when these things happen, like Fred's funeral or Bob's passing, you know, one of the things, Joel, that struck me is when they were going, when they were having their moments as they were ending their lives, I walked with Fred the whole way. I only walked with Bob a little way. Others walked with Bob because they were that way they were closer mentors and guides for him. But having walked with Fred almost every day uh, from the day of his diagnosis all the way to his passing, having walked every day with him really gives you some perspective on what really matters. Because it wasn't all the other stuff. It wasn't all the politics that we went through. It wasn't all the, the accomplishments and the awards. All those cliches about what's really going to matter in the end, it was the stories, the laughter, the, the lessons. And... I just am thankful that when Fred passed, I was able to walk with him and express my love to him and care for him. And too often I see today that we don't we, we stop we've stopped doing that. We think liking something on Facebook or loving it on Instagram is the same as actually writing a note that says you really matter, you know, love you you um you know sending a text or or saying hey i i want to set up a facetime with you for for you know 20 minutes just to catch up right and so um i i work really hard in in never in trying not to use facebook to say happy birthday to anybody (laughs) because i think it's i think it's kind of a cop-out like it's easy to just say happy birthday because this came up and hit me in the face but when i see someone's birthday i go to my phone and i and i send them a funny emoji right like because i want it to be special and different Uh, how often my challenge to people that are listening to this today is when when will it hit you is it going to be when you like Luke Skywalker got his arm cut off or when he finds out these secrets or when he sees his friends in peril or when or when we've experienced the loss of our mentor? When will you realize the gifts that you've been given and how can you think about repaying that? Because every mentor did things for a reason. And while they did those things out of the kindness of their hearts – and quite frankly, most mentoring relationships, there is a good, t- there's a time frame on them. Right. Life take, you know, very few people, um, you have a mentor for all of your life. We're lucky for some of us that we've had one for over, we had one for over 20 years mm-hmm. in Fred. Or, you know, or some of us, you know, have, have been very fortunate to have ones that have been there throughout all of our lives. But there's a season for mentors. There's a time and a place for some of them. And, and it's okay when they fade away, but what's not okay is to never go back and remind that mentor about the good they did. Because remember, those mentors have great gifts, and the only way they will continue to perpetuate those gifts is if they feel like they're valued. Right. 
Well, this, this gets me to something that's probably pretty important because we might have some people that are listening that said, okay, I'm all in. I want, um, I'm in on mentorship. I need a mentor. Um, and, you know, I think about some of the mandatory mentors, manda mentors. I don't know, however you might want to put that, that I was, you know, either assigned or was given. Like, here's your mentor in this area. And, like, they just didn't work out. I mean, because it's like it, they tried to... Uh, you know, regulate this thing that there's a lot of ingredients that are going into finding a mentor. I mean, I think we ref football together and we just clicked having a conversation afterwards. And then, you know, that led to, you know, a, a lifelong of mentorship or, you know, I got lucky and assigned to a good cooperating teacher in Joe Dye or, you know, think of other ones. How would you say someone should go about finding a mentor? Don't try to find one. Okay. <laughs> Because, like, that's the thing, right, Joel? I mean, like, um, you know, we, the more you search for something, the less you'll find it. It's like when I lose my my wallet all the time. Or, you know, here's another analogy. Yes, Just last weekend, uh, our men's and women's golf teams were competing in the conference tournament. And this um, we we were watching them this, this round from afar. And the women teed off. And the one woman from one school she could not find her ball and you get three minutes to find your ball and if you don't find it in three minutes you have to go back and you have to take a penalty stroke etc well there's all these people milling around trying to find this ball they couldn't find it and in my the, the person i was with and i we were sitting at at the at the at the green and it was at the base of a hill in which we had to go up to go back to the clubhouse to see the rest of our teams come through I cannot make this up. They searched, searched, searched. They ended up, she re-teased. They all played the hole. Another group plays the hole. And then we're like, okay, that was the last. We got to go up and start. We walk right by. Boom, there's your ball. <laughs> like, clear as day. Like, as if it was like a billboard. We literally just walked and bam, there it was. And we both kind of chuckled. We grabbed the ball and we both kind of chuckled because so all we think to ourselves is how much of a cosm that is for our lives. It's the more we seek for things, the harder it is to find. I would say to anyone that's out there looking for a mentor is you they will emerge in your life. The hero's journey is a classic concept for all of us. I'm guaranteeing you someone is going to come across your life that you're going to see from afar or that's going to antagonize you, Right? Mm-hmm. you're either going to respect and emulate and want to emulate or you're going to be antagonized by this person they're going to pop in your life and when you least expect it they're going to be the perfect person for you to establish something that's deeper than just a friend that is actually deeper than just uh, a friendship it's 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 a really it's a special bond because Again, even with really good friends, we typically tend to surround ourselves with the same with people that are like us, have the same ideals, and we all talk in a vacuum. But a real good mentor is really somebody who helps put the mirror in front of our face and help us see the person that we are for who we are, and then challenge us to to think about where we want to go. And in so many ways, Joel, the more I've sought after these people, the hard, the harder it was. The more I tried to make it happen, like I know that I've made huge mistakes, huge mistakes, 
trying to impose my mentorship on people Mm -hmm. and it ruined relationships I've had and it's sad for me because I pushed it too hard I saw something in them and I I, and I tried to be something that they weren't ready for and it failed Um, and I also have seen people push themselves on me and have been like whoa like and then realize only after the fact that that what I what they wanted out of me had nothing to do with mentoring. It had everything to do with political posturing mm, or yeah. professional posturing. And so, you know, these things emerge over time, and they happen. And you'll I I hate to be this cliche, but you'll know it when it happens, because the person will literally you will start to see this person come in front of your face time and time again, and. They'll either show itself in one of two forms, either the wise Obi-Wan or the antagonistic Yoda, and they will keep emerging. The other character to remember is Darth Vader. There are people in your life who will become like Darth Vader to you, who you also need to be aware of because those are the people that you need to avoid to not get influenced to not get subdued by, to not get caught up in the glamour of their power and authority and get sucked into their the way their indoctrination of how people are going to follow them. They're not a really good mentor. They're just providing you access and information and things through, you know, unproductive means. Um, the the temptation of the power of the of the dark side is always going to be there. Uh, and Yet it's in these humble people that emerge in our lives that we least expect that we learn from. I mean, just yesterday, I was sitting next to, I was at a Kiwanis board meeting. I'm a member of the Kiwanis board, it's a ch- serving children of the world. It's, and I'm sitting next to this man, and and I've I've seen him for years, right? And he had just lost his his wife, and you know, he and I sat on a, the door was locked. We couldn't get out. Like we couldn't get out of the meeting. So we got out of the meeting, but we couldn't get out of the building. We just literally sat down, and all I did was listen. And he told me – he gave me some powerful life lessons about what it really means to be a partner with somebody, what it really means to lose – that how much you lose somebody, how you can't regret – how you can't re- ever regret their loss because eventually we are going to lose everything, right? Mm-hmm. To only gain the greatest gift and he I just sat and listened and that was a mentoring relationship mm-hmm. he's not he's not going to be a defined mentor yeah but I saw something in him and took took a piece of him last night and brought that into my heart right and that's their mentors are around you every day they're around us all the time. We just we just don't often see them because we're so busy being self-absorbed in our own world and just not listening to these calls that are happening. Well, yeah, and, and think about like what you could have done in that situation, which is something you know, it's almost cliche now to say it is like you could have been, oh, I'm stuck in this situation. I'm gonna pull out my screen, phone. my phone. Yep. I'm gonna put it in front of me, and then you just have missed out on. Wow, you think about how much experience that he poured into you in that short amount of time, 
And that was literally five minutes. And that was a moment, right? And if we don't have those moments or we don't see like, wow, I'm in this situation, I'm sitting next to this person and I, there's a lull and that's the time to have a, a question or a conversation that could lead to, wow, a learning that could ripple throughout your career, throughout your relationships. It's just one of those things that, how do we not, uh, I mean, I, that makes me smile. I mean, cause that's like, I, I can think of all these different times that, you know, you have provided me something in, at the point in my life that I was at where that I can now point to and see the ripples or other people that I've had a chance to at, you know, I do a lot of conferences. So, you know, there's yep. professionals that where, you know, wow, this point in time, the, the, the spirits aligned and I've been put side by side with somebody who is right there. And so wasn't necessarily looking for it. I had some needs and that we're being filled and it's like being aware and, and like, okay, this is a moment and I need to take advantage of it. So not necessarily going to look for it, but being aware of it. Right. Yeah. And I think as mentors or as people who classify themselves as mentors, like I'm a mentor or have, I have mentored, but that doesn't mean that every time, every relationship I'm in, I'm the mentor. Like, and recently, um, I know for me, I've faced some, really really unbelievable challenges in my life and in my professional life and my personal life in transitioning to become a vice president of a university and things that no textbook could ever teach you and one of the things that i that i failed is i i needed to not mentor anybody because i needed to take care of myself and what i think so often we forget that the hat of being a mentor it's intentional. We have to know when we're putting it on and off mm-hmm. and not blur those lines with mentees or with other people in our lives and then push on to them the things we need. Yeah, yeah. Like they came to me because they needed guidance. I should not be going back to them and pulling out that guidance back out of them. Right. I mean, and that's really the struggle that we all, that we go through and mentors out there that are listening need to know that there's a time and a place when you are not a healthy mentor and when and there's a reason one of my favorite leadership analogies is is the pre-plane instructions that none of us pay attention to if the if the bag comes down and it's gonna it's not gonna inflate put yours on before you help anybody else and I needed I needed to put my own mask on and unfortunately especially in these last five years with all of the different changes that have happened in my life. Like I failed in not just reaching back to my mentors and helping steady me. And only in the last maybe year or so have I then reached back out to you. I've reached back out to Dean Matthews, my mentor from Carthage, uh, to people from my childhood and have, um, I've, I've specifically gone back home more often just to be home and in a, a different environment. Mm-hmm. I went back to my fraternity's um, anniversary. I poured back into Boy State like because those places were the places where I was healthy, right, where I remembered who I was. And, and right now, before I take on another mentee, I need to be ready to mentor. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, that, and I think that's critical. Well, that reminds me of just in the, the last book that I did uh, for the podcast was Essentialism. And there's a chapter in there talking about this guy and um, 
who's just just broke down and the whole learning of that chapter was broken down into protect the asset so you sure. being the asset right and so that you means are. taking care of yourself because well you <laughs> if if the mentor uh, breaks down or you know is gone like can't be a mentor anymore right i mean just as simple as that versus yeah. like thinking about the quality of mentorship you can provide and and um knowing that if I don't take care of myself if I don't, you know, do the things that I need to be emotionally, physically healthy that I'm not going to be worth anything to anyone, including myself. Yeah. And it's confusing for the mentee sometimes because they're still looking at you as this person on a pedestal or you're the antagonist, one of the two, right? But either way, they're still looking at you for this guidance, but when you can't provide it then it's no wonder why for me over these last five years i've had some relationships just halt because i wasn't in a good place they they weren't really getting out of me what i the, they weren't getting the very best out of me and so it was it's probably better that the relationships went into different directions and this whole thing can't be taken personally you know there's only so many people that you really are going to invite into your life for an extended period of time you think that they're going to be uh you we always think every relationship is going to be forever but it's not it's it's a reason a season a lifetime it was something i taught at years ago sometimes there's just a specific reason why i sat next to that human yesterday and he told me a story and that may have been the you know sometimes it's seasonal it's i work you work in a setting or it's a school year or it's, you know, a certain time frame. And then there's a few of us, there's a few people who you will have for the rest of your life. And, but it's a choice. Like we can make a, we have to make a choice on where these people get put. And for me, I think mentors, it's hard to have a mentor for a lifetime because we go, it's really, they're often right there in front of us. And then when we leave them, it's really hard to stay connected, despite what everybody thinks about how easy it is to communicate these days. Real, honest communication, which is what mentoring really is about, that's hard to do when you're not face-to-face -face or you're not seeing the face of the person. And so it's I've come to grips with understanding better today than I have in 20 years of mentoring that, you know, there's a season of this and then it disappears. But I would not, I'd be remiss if I told you that it still doesn't make me sad because too often it's not until we pass away that we finally hear about the impacts that someone made. And it isn't even us that hear it. It's our, it's our partners, our family and our children. And that's what, what got me to this place what got us to do this podcast, which will get us to the next podcast, which is, you know, what we need to do today is to remember those people and to take a moment after listening to this and reach out mm. for nothing more than just saying, thank you. You're awesome. Like, keep on keeping on. And I hope, you know, and whether you ever desire that again to need them as a mentor or a guide, so be it. But I mean, I, I cannot express enough how, how 
how much it's too late to wait until the very last minute and then realize what you could have done two times a year, the person's birthday and Christmas. I mean, those are like every holiday and their birthday are the most critical days in people's lives. Those are, to me, the days I set aside to always let my mentors know how much I love them is I know when their birthday is and then every holiday. I usually do Thanksgiving. I usually do Christmas. And those two, are, you know, and sometimes Easter, sometimes not. But, but Thanksgiving and Christmas and their birthday, three times a year when I know that I can reach out to somebody, make it simple, right? Mm-hmm. And those typically always then lead to something over the summer that, you know, and whatever. And they get spaced out well enough and it's not hard to remember those days in someone's life that you think is really important. And so, and I'm not talking about liking somebody on Facebook. I'm not talking about, you know, just, just liking a a message that that's not communicating and that's not expressing real love. Real expression is through your cell phone, through a conversation, through, Hey, I'm going to, I'm coming through this week. I just want to have lunch with you. Right. Absolutely. You know, and or or intentionally saying, you know, I'm just going to drive a couple hours to just go see somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things are invaluable, and you know, and and there's and there's so much merit to those things uh, that I hope that people out there that hear this will will commit themselves to renewing their relationship with the people that were in their lives in a way they never thought they should have before. Nice. Well, we are at an hour, so maybe we should probably leave some more brilliance for some other podcast. But that's what's great. Yeah. What's great? We're going to keep doing these, um, yeah. and which is uh, I'm excited for to think about the the different conversations we can have. Uh, the one thing that I saw was, and I was just curious if you had any recommendations for books on mentoring. I know mm-hmm. that I read one called The One Minute, Ment- one Minute Mentoring by Clen- sure. Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz Ortiz that, you know, Ken Blanchard's written a, copious amounts of books on yeah. leadership, but this one was on mentorship specifically. I don't know if you knew of any. Well, you know, what's actually interesting is um, the Harvard Business Review is one of my favorite places for leadership articles. And there's a lot on there about mentoring and guiding um, and some do's and don'ts. And then ironically, believe it or not, if you just Google search Star Wars mentoring, there is actually <laughs> a lot out there about the hero's journey and Luke Skywalker and the relationship between uh, those characters because it's so um, realistic in terms of actually, you know, real life experiences and so so go. i i think i think it's it's simple right yeah, but no. but even just watching star wars again from a different perspective and to really say to yourself like how did luke what what happened to anakin that pushed him in the in an unproductive direction and what happened to luke to keep him on a productive path and they both were at identical places with i identical types of situations enter who's guiding and them and bring them and one just got seduced by temptation to for power and authority the other the other just made an altruistic belief in the greater good in people and 
and ultimately that's what us mentors are trying to do is they're the the they're trying to just show you the good and help you stay in that productive path. That's awesome. I think that's that's a it's a great suggestion to end on, but then it's also a great uh, great set of words to end on as well. Gary, thank you so much for joining me. We are going to do this again. Um, and as you know, someone who I look up to, but then also have gotten to be as good of friends with, it's just it's this is just a pleasure. So I love you. Yeah. And I look forward to the next conversation. Yeah, yeah, I love you too, Joel. And um, and I hope maybe uh, after post and we set out on our social media uh, that, uh, different avenues um, that people will respond back and let us know what they want to hear. Like I, I mean, there's a lot of great opportunities for different topics. We can sit and talk about them until we're blue in the face. But I hope maybe some of the people that are out there that actually listen to this podcast or are inspired by just our conversations might just give us some ideas uh, because um, those are the best ideas, not ours, but someone else's. And, and if we can fill a void somewhere, I hope we can. Yeah, this is that opportunity. You're sitting, it's almost it's like you're virtually sitting next to somebody. You say, hey, what do you think about this? And yep, I would yeah. echo that invitation. All right, Gary, thank you so much. So thankful for Gary being willing to take the time and share some of his knowledge on the podcast. My hope is his desire to honor Bob and Fred by having this conversation inspires others, maybe you out there listening to this podcast, to engage in a mentoring relationship. On reflecting on what Gary had to say about mentoring, I've settled on a personal definition that mentoring is this personal pipeline through which wisdom is passed. Mentoring is a personal pipeline through which wisdom is passed. I thought that was a maybe a nice way for me to think about what mentoring is. And so the day that I was editing the audio from this conversation with Gary, I heard an episode of the Jocko podcast when he was talking about losing some of his friends from the Navy SEALs. He made the point that all the memories of their personal relationship and the wisdom they passed on now only exists in him. He can't ask them about some point they made or story they shared because they're gone. That hit me when I realized that the wisdom that has been shared with me from Bob, Fred, even my dad who passed over 10 years ago, exists in me now. And and now I have a choice to make. I can share it with others via maybe some sort of mentoring relationship, or I can let it die with me. That seems morbid, but, but it's true, right? If I engage in a relationship as a mentee, that means someone has invested their time and wisdom in me, right? They saw me as someone worthy of such an effort. Something tells me they also saw me as someone who would be willing to mentor others, who would pass on the wisdom that they gave to me, right? That they weren't just doing it so I would hoard all the information, hoard all this wisdom to myself. No, no, no. It was, It is this idea of a pipeline that would flow through me. So if mentoring is this personal pipeline, if it is this pipeline through which wisdom is passed, then my choice is to keep the wisdom flowing, right? Through my teaching, through my parenting, through my coaching, through my advising, and hopefully through this podcast. So speaking of this podcast, we are now switching to an every two weeks format in an attempt to ramp up a once a week routine. The next podcast will feature the book, The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact by Chip and Dan Heath. We will also feature some listener questions. This episode is way too long to address any questions. I know that a few of them uh, trickled in. So, But I have one, especially from my friend Nick Wasserman in New York City, that I am super excited to answer on the next episode. So stay tuned and submit any questions you have via the Amazon Planet Facebook page, and maybe I'll address your question with Nick's. 
That is all for episode four of the Amazon Planet podcast. You can find show notes for the episode at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode four. Uh, Gary mentioned a number of links and uh, even a link to this Jocko podcast that I mentioned at the end here. Um, so if you want to continue this conversation and or support the podca- pa- podcast, feel free to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can also follow the podcast in Spotify. Share the, You can also share the podcast. Maybe you heard something about mentoring that you know someone else needs to hear, so share the podcast. That, that gives us a little bit of attention. Review the podcast through your preferred podcast provider. Uh, you can also like the, podcast, the Amazon Planet Facebook page. There you will find a post with a question and a call to action regarding this episode of the podcast, specifically responding to Gary's question about what you all want to hear about in our next conversation. You can also subscribe to the Amazon Planet email list, which you can find as a button on the Amazon Planet uh, Facebook page or at amazonplanet.com. You'll see a thing to subscribe to the email list right in the middle of the page. Finally, I've been asked how someone can financially support the Amazon Planet podcast, which thank you very much for that. I've started a Patreon account where folks can support me once a month to help cover some of my, the financial expenses of the podcast. You can find a button to my Patreon page at the bottom of avidonplanet.com where it says be a patron. Finally, if you just want to engage with me via social media, you can also find me via Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all on the handle at avidonplanet. I'll be looking for questions and comments related to the episode, but I'll also be looking for general questions, suggestions for books to review, or other content to feature on the Amazon Planet podcast. In conclusion, thank you for taking the time to listen to episode four of the Amazon Planet podcast. We know there's lots of choices out there, so thank you very much. Special thanks to Gary Williams for the conversation, and special thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in the episode. Finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to be better, teach better, and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.